Hey, everybody, and welcome to EdSoul, a podcast for educators by educators. Each episode, we bring you insights, techniques, and strategies rooted in research that you can put into practice in your classroom right away. I'm your host, Rachel Logan. Hey, soulmates. Today, we are going to be talking about student leadership, and I'm joined by our keynote speaker from our first ever student leadership conference here at Sourcewell, Jeff Meacham. Jeff is the founder and president of Forward by Choice, an accomplished and certified giant leadership guide and coach, and I'll let you tell us what that means in just a moment here, Hmm. and widely endorsed as a master connector. He strives to speak life and encouragement by developing relationships and uncovering possibilities with his clients and with his broad and deep networks of colleagues and friends. So, Jeff, welcome. We're happy to have you here today on EdSoul and also to be speaking and um, speaking life into our young people here in Region 5. Is there anything else that you want to add to that introduction um, that I didn't share on the professional side? Something else you want to? No, that was great. I, my nickname is Grandpa Jeff back at back okay. at home. So Grandpa of eight and uh, yeah, love spending time with family and speaking, hopefully speaking life and encouragement into them as well. All right. Well, we're excited to have you speak some life and encouragement to our regional listeners and anyone who's listening anywhere else in the world. Sounds good. All right. So I always like to start by asking our guests about their why. So when you think about the work that you do, how are you personally connected to that work and what is your why? Oh, my. Yeah. So I have been passionate about relationships and virtue and ethics for a long, long time. It goes back to my education and in my work over the last, yes, 40 years, encountering all kinds of different relationships and realizing the how important it is to be in right relationship with other people. Then 16 years ago, I was diagnosed with a uh, cancer that was non-survivable, so I am not supposed to be here. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I was... It was very providential that I was given an early detection and early diagnosis, a surgery, a very brief recovery period. And here I am with kind of this second chance, mm. if you will. And so that has made me very passionate about what's important in life. Yeah. And so that was a seminal moment. And so that's my why is relationships really are what matter. And I kind of try to bring that to wherever I go. Yeah. Like you're taking your gift of time and instilling it in others. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, we had students from our region participating, high school students, in this first ever student leadership conference. And I mentioned in the introduction, you are connected to Giant Worldwide. And the students took an inventory to determine their primary voices before they dove into some of our sessions today. It was today, by the way. We're recording after a full day, as we tend to do here on Edsel. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the five voices um, and what it means to understand your primary or secondary voice? So, Because folks maybe are familiar with some other inventories, but can you just tell us a little bit about the giant work that you're connected to? Yeah, you know, and assessments, assessments help us understand at a point in time, how do we tend to show up? What What is it? What is it like to be on the other side of us? And at Giant, over the last 10 to 15 years, we've developed a platform called the Five Voices, 
which is really powerful because it gives people a way of connecting with how do they tend to make decisions? How do they tend to communicate? How do they tend to think about things? And it's really powerful because we use these archetypes, the voices. For example, I'm a connector. I have a connector voice. And that means I live for connecting people. Now, it's tied to certainly a, you know, a, an understanding of personality style and strengths and understanding the challenges that go along with my personality. But that's at the, at the base level is we want people to be more aware of what it's like to be on the other side of them. And we help them understand that they are the combination of how they were wired mm-hmm. when they were first born, but also what are the factors that have shaped them over the course of time. And so this idea of a leadership voice or what is my voice is what do people see? What do they experience on the other side of you? And so we have these archetypes, the connector, the nurturer, the creative, the guardian, and the pioneer. And we teach people about what does that mean? How does that tie into my tendencies? And you see this, you kind of see this immediate lift with people where, ah, Mm. that's why I do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why I do the things I do sometimes. And it's just, it's, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. I was, I was thinking, uh. I feel like my children give me an opportunity to see what it's like on the other <laughs> side of me sometimes. But how nice that you can do this no matter, I mean, um, no matter what your context is. Um, What's it like to be Rachel's kid? I'm sure it's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Rachel says, sure. it's about you, um, Jeff, not I'm, about me. I'm doing the interviewing All here, right. Mr. Meacham. I knew that was coming. <laughs> no. Um, so this is probably a... Um, uh, no brainer question, but can anybody be a leader in the voice types? Oh boy, I have strong feelings about this. Yeah, that wasn't on the script either. Just... No, so <laughs> the truth is, yes, we are all leading. The question is, is anyone following? Mm-hmm. And are you a leader worth following? Yeah, or not? And so I will sometimes say we're either leading well. Or we're leading poorly. Mm. Your kids, now, we, you know, I was making fun of you with your kids, but yeah. our kids are watching us, mm-hmm. right? As teachers, our students are watching us. As students, our teammates are watching us. Mm-hmm. So we're all leading, yeah. right? Then the question becomes, how well are we leading? Are we leading mm-hmm. well? And do we understand the impact we're having on other people? Yes. So I want to bring in another concept that you talked about with our our young people today, this idea of push and pull. Um, how does understanding, first of all, what is push pull, but how does an understanding fit into your different voice tendencies or as a person, as a leader? Yeah. So we call push pull behaviors, the left and right hands of leadership. And the idea is throughout the day and throughout our interactions with people, we are either telling, talking, what we call pushing or listening, asking, which we call pulling. And we ask people to think about your balance. How much of your time are you spending speaking into people, speaking up, right? And then how much of your time are you spending listening mm-hmm. and being someone who draw out, draws out other people? And there can be tendencies to the voices. Those can absolutely tie together. It's, is it a perfect comparison where I can tell you, oh, this is your leadership voice, then I know exactly how you push and how you pull? 
no, it comes down to what are our tendencies and then based on our level of maturity, our consideration of the person across from us, mm-hmm. what are my tendencies to pull or push? So let me give an example, if you if you will allow me. So I'm a connector, creative pioneer. I'm an extrovert. I have ideas. I have thoughts. I have things I want to share. I want to persuade. I want to speak life and encouragement. You heard that in the introduction. Mm-hmm. I want to speak life. Well, guess what? That sounds like someone who wants to talk, mm. someone who wants to push. Mm. But the only way for me to speak life and encouragement really well is to first pull from you what are you going through? What do you want in life? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. What's getting in the way? Once I hear from you what you're going through and what is your situation, I can do a better job of speaking life and encouragement. Mm. So I wouldn't get too hung up on the idea of how do the push-pull behaviors go with the voices. Mm, okay. Yep. I would call it more be aware of how you tend to show up in conversation mm-hmm. and – is it is it 80-20 where you're doing most of the talking? Well, maybe there's a learning opportunity there. Yeah. I'm very proud to say that I frequently go to breakfast or lunch with people and they need to tell me that, you know, they should – I need to tell them it's okay to eat their meal because <laughs> – what I do is I'm curious and I will ask questions and they'll just, they'll do, they're just, they want to, they want to be heard yeah. and they want to tell their story. And so what'll happen at typically at breakfast or lunch with me, is we'll be sitting there and I'll realize as I'm eating and listening, they haven't touched their plate mm. because I'm doing all the listening and mm. all the pulling. Mm. So I need to say, oh, time out. Hey, it's okay to talk with your mouth full because oh. otherwise you're not going to eat. <laughs> So that's interesting because would you say you have more of a push tendency, but you're living into that pull more intentionally? Oh, Rachel, have you been doing this a while? That was a really, (laughs) that was a really good question. Yeah. My tendency is push. Yeah. I was born. Yeah. I've got these ideas. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Born talker. Mm -hmm. Right. Extrovert. Yeah. I have learned to bring my pull. I have learned, again, to be in right relationship with others. Mm -hmm. It did not go well for me earlier in my career when I was just bringing my ideas and my brilliance. Mm -hmm. You know how that worked out, (laughs) right? I think I do, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, true story. Can I tell a quick true story? Yeah, of course. Uh, Received several promotions early in my career. I was doing really well. And I was promoted to director at a pretty young age, and I got an executive coach. Wow, fantastic. Well, part of that executive coaching was having a 360 done on my behaviors, meeting with a coach, et cetera. And the word she used to describe me was steamroller. Mm. <laughs> and I will tell you, that was not a compliment. <laughs> Do you know how I've been described that way? <laughs> I, I'm gonna I, get a coaching session right now. All right, a live one. No, just kidding. We're, hey, it's not you know about what? Me. <laughs> I'm not cheap, but I'm good. So <laughs> we'll start right after this. Yeah, but so you, so after that 360 feedback and the steamroller, you decided you needed to 
make some adjustments. That was a wake-up call for sure. sure. Growing in my faith, that was a wake-up call. And then the the kidney disease, Mm. 2007, was a wake-up call. And I chose from that point forward, it's probably been, boy, yeah, it's probably been 10, 15 years now that I have been intentionally others first. Mm. And I... I, it is my responsibility to be in right relationship with others, to learn from them, to hear what's going on with them, and to intentionally listen and draw mm-hmm. out from them what they're going through. Huh. And by the way, I'm glad that you're here, and congratulations on beating your diagnosis. I didn't yeah. say that earlier, and I wanted to— Thank God. Yes, thank yeah. you. Can I say that? Of course. Okay. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> Uh, so I want to bring it back to some of you had um, um, three mantras that you worked on with students. Um, be an advocate, be considerate, be present. And I didn't say those in the right order. So I'll flip it around. Uh, There's no right order. Well, for what the students. Okay. It doesn't matter to you? No. Okay. Well, let's just start with be an advocate. So um, can you break down each one of those concepts and talk about when you're thinking about our youth and growing in their own leadership positions. How does being an advocate, um, and I think also the term growth-minded was another piece that you were throwing around, um, fit into your message to our youth? Yeah. Well, you think about that term advocate. What I- how is it that we advocate for ourselves? How is it that we advocate for others? And if we can take a mindset of wanting to grow personally and professionally, wanting others to grow personally and professionally, that is the key to advocacy. I want what's best for you. I want what's best for us. And if we are looking out for each other's best and we're looking out for each other's highest good, then I can truly step in and be an advocate, be someone who's going to fight for your highest good. And so with students today, I realize they're, you know, on, in the early stages of their leader journey, mm-hmm. really wanted to get across this notion of being open to growth, understanding that people much their senior still are growing, still mm-hmm. are changing. You know, you think of uh, Carol Dweck and the, the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. We're never done. We've always got room to grow and to learn. And so... How do we do that? Well, we do that by advocating for ourselves and advocating for others. And I don't know if you want to dig into that next layer of what does advocacy look like? Yeah. Let's Can I do there. that? Let's yeah. Go there. So Giant has this concept of liberation. And liberation, the idea of being liberated is being free of the things that hold you back. Free of Fear, doubt, insecurity, okay? Um, Free to grow, free to be the best person I can be. Well, sometimes what we need in order to get over ourselves and to get over some of our failings, if you will, is someone to advocate for us. Mm -hmm. And here's what's interesting. Sometimes what the person needs in order to grow is what we call support, which is encouragement. It's a, it is a affirmation. It is time, resources. You know, we, we give them the things that they need in order to grow. And so the, the support mechanisms that they need mm-hmm. are really good, 
and really necessary and really important. On the other hand, sometimes what a person needs in order to grow personally and professionally is something a little bit more on the lines of a kick in the butt (laughs) and somebody to speak truth to them Hmm. about how they're showing up in ways that are maybe not as positive as they could be Mm -hmm. or should be. Mm -hmm. So a true advocate, a true advocate is going to speak the truth with love Mm -hmm. and to say, I'm fighting for you. I want you to succeed here. Mm -hmm. Hey, but you know what? In order to succeed here, we need to see some behavior change because here's how you're showing up and here's how you're perceived. Mm -hmm. And that can be really hard to hear, but it can be really life-changing for the person who's open. There's that openness again. Mm -hmm. Openness to feedback and saying, wow, thank you. I didn't realize I was a steamroller. (laughs) I maybe need to be a little more thoughtful about walking down the hallway and asking people what they think we should be doing rather than me just, you know, focused on what what I want to do. Yeah. Well, and what's been so impactful, I think, personally, thinking about that support and challenges, just like you said, needing to balance both and understanding what that person needs in the moment. So you're not saying, here's the challenge, but I'm not going to help you get there, you know, and you're not saying okay, I'm going to coddle and support and uh, make it okay to just Do stay anything. where you're at. Yes. Um, but it's it's knowing the person well enough to say, you know, I, like you said, I love you enough, I care about you enough, I'm fighting for you, and here's here's how we're going to get there with that balancing those two. It's just powerful stuff. It really is, yeah. And for people to truly grow, we need to be thinking about what is it that they need? What does this person in front of me And I told the students today, you know, you could be a member of, let's say you're a member of a family and there's two parents and and three kids. You're one of the three kids. So we got a a family of five. Well, guess what? Three of them may need more support right now and two of them may need more challenge right now. It's It's the idea there is we need to be eyes open, ears open, watching, thinking, thinking about what it is that they need based on the behaviors we see, where they're trying to go. And then we, we use the word calibrate to say, you know, think about the, the, the brake pedal and the gas pedal on your car. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I pushing the gas or am I pumping the brake? Do they need a kick in the butt or mm-hmm. do they need a pat on the back? Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to think through. And that's sometimes why leadership isn't always easy because, because you can't treat everyone the same way. That's not good leadership. Right. Fair isn't always equal. <laughs> equal isn't fair. There it is. <laughs> oh, I'll skip the part about I'm thinking of colors of my own three children as you're describing a family of five and who needs a kick in the butt and who needs a pat <laughs> on the back. We won't name names. All right. Um, another concept that you talked about in your three mantras was to be considerate. Hmm. And I think it's a deeper message than maybe considerate sounds on the surface. So can you break that down for us about what does it mean and how does that fit into the idea of student leadership? Yeah. Well, think about the world we live in. Okay. The world we live in has become a world of 
misunderstanding, a world of divisiveness. And look, have there been challenges with the human condition forever? Yes. Were we divisive, you know, 100 years ago? Yes. Uh, So those challenges come along with the human condition. What I wanted to get across to the students is this idea of not overreacting to the things that come their way, but to be thoughtful in the moment about where might this person be coming from when they do something that I didn't expect or behave in a way that isn't to my liking or just show up in a way that's that's distasteful. I even used the example of being cut off in traffic. Mm-hmm. And in our world, which is moving really fast, sometimes we overreact and we react too quickly rather than responding thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea behind consideration or being considerate is to just pause before reacting to whatever came your way. And just to take a moment to think about what might be going on here, what might be going on in that person's life. And I'm going to sound like I'm making this up, but I'm not. I get cut off in traffic. I'm getting pretty good about saying, you know what? Maybe they're on their way to the hospital. And that sounds, it might sound silly, but it actually helps. It helps me keep my sanity on the roads. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then, remember, connector, creative pioneer in traffic. <laughs> and then in day-to-day relationships, somebody, you know, quote, disappoints us, end quote, or says, the, says something that really gets to us. The idea of being considerate is take a moment, take a pause, think about what might be going on in their life, why they may have done that why they might be feeling that way, and then considering our response. How are they going to react or respond when I let them know how I feel about that? Mm -hmm. And just, again, not to oversimplify, but I truly believe just hitting the pause button, Mm -hmm. just hitting the pause button and taking a moment to consider the source Consider the person, what's going on with them, what might they be going through, what might they need, how might I respond, what's going to be the impact of my response. Just that alone, I believe, could reduce some of the scenarios that we see where people lose Mm -hmm. their mind Mm -hmm. and say things that they wish they could take back or do things they wish they could take back. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about a student leadership conference and yet everything that you're saying feels like it applies regardless of age yes (laughs) oh boy yeah well and guess what i was in school once and i am the father of three and the grandfather of eight so i see i've seen this now for a whole bunch of years and it is part of the human condition for sure when you're a student Things can can feel um, even more exaggerated because we've have we haven't been around the block as many times. We're still forming in some ways. 
we're still trying to gain our own sense of identity, our own sense of affirmation and who I am. And so sometimes those those relationships that go astray feel like a way bigger deal Mm -hmm. than when you're, you know, I'm going to say it out loud, 63, you know, when you're 63 and you can sort of let some things roll off your back. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really understand the, the intense feelings that students can have when, when they're feeling Mm -hmm. unheard, Mm -hmm. underappreciated, dismissed, ignored, um, those feelings are real, yeah, and they're really close to the heart sometimes, yeah. And so I'm just I'm just encouraging mm-hmm. students take a moment mm-hmm. before overreaching in yeah. your response. Yeah, take a moment, think about it, take a breath, yeah, and think about how you want to respond to what just happened. Mm-hmm. And the the beautiful thing about what you just said is that. You're not telling them that they're wrong in their feelings or that you're not telling them that they're over-exaggerating or they're being dramatic or you're validating that those feelings are real and the context feels real and the size of the feelings is all real. And here's a tool to help you move through that instead of saying, stuff it or get over it or you're making it up. You know, you're liberating students in saying... Let me help you be the best version of yourself with some some tools I've learned from, as you said, going around the block. Yes, a few times. <laughs> I see. I only said one block. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And the third part of the mantra that you mentioned, which again, like I said, these are geared towards our youth and yet I think applicable to all of us, um, is the idea of being present. And so... Share with us a little bit about how being present fits into student leadership. Yeah, being present. And let me say, if I may, when we talk about the you know students and lifelong lessons, one of the things I did for today was I did you know some research, not just with my own kids and grandkids, but I talked to some educators, mm. and I wanted to I wanted to show up really well today, and I wanted to be prepared, and I wanted to put myself in their shoes. And be present comes from this challenge that young people have today with all of the technology and all of the things coming their way and all of the information coming their way mm-hmm. and all the choices they have to make. It is, it's mind boggling how much information there is in the world, how many ways they can access it, how many ways they can get distracted right through yeah. technology and others so i honestly i i really feel for them and so mm-hmm. okay what do we do about that mm-hmm. and i landed on just this mantra of helping them slow down be intentional about what's in front of them and i landed on this concept of be present and i learned a phrase i wish i could say i i came up with it i didn't was from another organization down in the Twin Cities who had a culture phrase and it, they took the phrase, be here now, be here now, and then they parsed it with, with period marks. Mm. And it was be here now. This person, this place, 
this moment. Mm. I just thought that was beautiful. I've used it and I've had, I've had a lot of clients who've really resonated with it. But this idea of I'm here with you, Rachel, right now, I'm not thinking about anything else. It's a conversation between you and I. Mm -hmm. So us here now, okay? I don't have my phone, my iWatch, other crazy things to distract me. You and I are in a podcast studio. It's way easier. When we both go home tonight, then we got, you know, people running around and craziness and whether it's kids or grandkids or friends or teammates or whatever, it is harder to be present. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just, I wanted them to understand the concept, understand that if we're, if we're thoughtful about it, we can make a choice to be present. And sometimes it involves practical things. And sometimes those practical things look like putting your phone away, turning your phone off. Uh, I love the idea, and I painted the picture for, I think, one of, one or two of my breakout groups today. Inviting a, a fellow student or a teammate to Caribou after, oh, I just did a promo, a promo. Um, to your local <laughs> coffee shop. Yes. Invite, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Inviting them to your local coffee shop and saying, hey, after practice today, I want to go to the local coffee shop and I want to have a conversation with you about blank. Boy, you really get that person's attention. Then you get to the coffee shop, you put in your order, you sit down, and you put the phone away, you close the laptop. All right, see what I'm doing physically there? Mm -hmm. I'm putting the phone away. I'm closing my laptop. I'm leaning forward. I'm looking them in the eye. And I say to them, I want to have a conversation with you about how you are treating blank. And that blank could be how you're treating mom, how you're treating dad. Um, how that, I don't know if you know this, but when you said that thing to our teammate yesterday in practice, I'm not sure that you realize that she went home bawling. Hmm. And I want to talk to you about that. What is that? What was going on there? Um, did you did you feel that in the moment? Did you know the impact it might have had? And the other person, you've got their attention. They were like, whoa, I had no idea. But you're advocating. Now we're tying things together, Rachel. Mm -hmm. We're advocating for them. We want them to grow personally and professionally. So we have a conversation and we are very present mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. We've got their attention. We have the conversation. We speak the truth with love and we encourage them to go back to that person who they might have offended yesterday, if you will, yeah, yeah. and try to restore that relationship. And hey, I'll be there with you if you want me to go with, but I just mm -hmm. want you to know, here's the impact I think that had. Yeah. So I hope that's a good example of being yeah. present. That example of inviting somebody out for coffee to share that intention versus impact um, is really hard to do. And yet I would imagine the more practice we would get in, the more reps we could get in younger, you know, maybe it would be a little bit easier as we grow into adulthood to have those. The more you do something, the less scary it becomes. And also I was thinking how powerful too to also invite that person to do the same for me, right? Like, I also want you, Jeff, to tell me if I've said or done something 
that needs repair or needs, um, you know, to be course corrected because because then it puts us on this even playing field, right? Mm. Like we're we're teammates on the same team. Um, I'm not. I'm not any better or any worse than you. I'm just right next to you, and I want to make sure that both of us can can help each other out. That was a beautiful example of advocacy, <laughs> right? Being an advocate means I care enough about you to give you some feedback, mm. and I hope that you would advocate for me right. and give me the same kind of feedback if I needed it. Yeah. And doing that in a safe space, true advocacy. Would, would solve a lot of uh, problems. Amen. May I give you one more practical thing about being present? And it's this idea of when we are in a group of people, could be family, could be friends, could be teammates. Let's watch the electronics. Let's watch the phones. And I I showed the students today a picture of a family where two parents, two kids in the kitchen, all four of them on their devices. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no connection happening there. There's no life and encouragement being spoken. Mm -hmm. There's no advocacy being done. We're all in our own little worlds, even though we're together. Right. And that's something we want to be thinking about and be intentional about. And we can maybe set some family values, if you will, about when we are together. Here's what that looks like. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I feel like even when you're trying to be intentional so like we try to have game night and we try to do movie night we try to do all these you know when we went to the apple orchard and all the all the things as a family and yet when we went to the fall carnival uh my two-year-old wanted to bring an old cell phone with and he was like phone phone and i'm like (laughs) yeah that's just a toy you can leave it and he's like no pocket and he wanted to bring his dead fake phone in his pocket to the carnival. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So my two year old is picking up, you know, signals that this broken rectangle that does nothing. It doesn't light up. It doesn't, he can't do anything on it, but he has picked up from the world around him that this little rectangle must be important and I must bring it with me. (laughs) So I was like, Oh geez. Yes. What it's like to be on the other side of me. Hmm. Right. How about it? Yeah. Oof. So they're watching, right? Like yes, you said, our students are watching, our teammates are watching, our, our our colleagues. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I'm also wondering. We talked a little bit about this about you know with the voice. You know, is there a certain voice that goes towards uh matched with the title leader? And you kind of talked about that already. I'm also thinking about the difference between, and so this might be a little bit repetitive, but maybe give us a few other examples of when we have people that have a formal leadership position. And again, I'm thinking in a school, maybe you're on the student council, maybe you're the captain of a team or you're part of National Honor Society. You have this formal leadership title. What does it look like to lead if you don't have that formal title? Yeah, you know, structures exist and structures are are exist for a reason. So we get that and and hopefully most times people are put into positions of leadership because they've earned that through their behaviors, right? And the impact they've had around them. So that's fabulous. I I don't want to dissuade, you know, anyone from the idea that people in a leadership structure, you know, are are any less capable or any less effective as a leader. But I think what you're asking me is about more informal, Mm -hmm, right? Unstructured mm -hmm. leadership. And the word we really tried to get across with the students today is impact, 
right? And I know that's one of the source well values is, is impact. Yeah. So we want to be thinking about what impact can we have? What impact will we have? And this idea of being a positive influence everywhere you go, how can I be a positive influence wherever I go today? I don't need to be the vice president of this or the captain of that mm-hmm. to have a positive influence, mm-hmm. right? I can have a positive influence on somebody just by looking them in the eye, mm-hmm. right? I, I learned as a young Rotarian the idea of looking the the cashier and the bagger at the grocery store in the eye and looking and learning their name mm. and the dignity that that brings where someone comes home and feels like someone saw me today. Mm-hmm. Someone saw me. Yeah. Right. Said my name. And it could be the, the person in the cafeteria. It could be the person at the grocery store. Could be the person at the local coffee shop. Yeah. But this idea of being a positive influence mm-hmm. has nothing to do with org chart. Sure. Yeah. It's about mm-hmm. making intentional choices yeah. to have that kind of impact in other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. It seems so simple. I'm, I'm reflecting back to I was a, a fast food worker once upon a time. And I remember asking people, Hi, how are you doing today? And getting, I'll have a number, la la la. And I was like, geez, I'm a person, you know, like, <laughs> oh. you know, even just that pause to acknowledge someone's humanity, or like you said, look them in the eye, tell them thank you, um, or answer their question. You know, it really does make a difference. And you, like you said, that you don't need to be a formal leader to treat others with dignity. <laughs> no. Can I share something with you that I wasn't expecting to share, but boy, have I told this story a hundred times. Yeah. So I go on a three-day silent retreat every year, um, spiritual retreat, and this legendary priest who I've had in this retreat, I think two or three times, he said the following, how are you can be a sacred question mm. If you're really interested in hearing the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about the number of people who say, how are you? They're, yeah. they're expecting you to say fine. Good. And move on. Mm-hmm. But when you, when someone says, how are you? And they say, hanging in there. And you can say, oh, tell me more. You've potentially opened up, mm-hmm. right? A space between you mm-hmm. that you can fill with love, with support, with challenge, um, what's going on? And you're being present, mm-hmm. you're being considerate, yeah. but it's that kind of response just to the question, how are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wasn't expecting to share that one, but yeah. there it is. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you shared. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So Jeff, what are you reading, watching, or listening to that you would recommend? And this could be geared towards the youth or you could be thinking about adults that are supporting our young people, or if you just have anything fun and interesting that you think people should check out. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a really important concept that we talked about today, and it's this concept of recharge. It's so important that we find ways to recharge our batteries, and that goes, yes, for students as well as adults. 
this world we live in that's going so fast with all this information and all these potential distractions and all the, the demands on our time, we need to find ways to recharge. And how I recharge my batteries is inspirational music. I am a Spotify junkie. I love music. Music moves people. Mm-hmm. And for me, I love music. I love inspirational music. I love putting on Stephen Curtis Chapman or Casting Crowns, you know, and just hearing the the kind of affirming inspirational messages that sometimes you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we will link those recommendations in our show notes. So if others want to check it out, they can know where to find that. So. Love it. Any other um, final words or shout outs to our listeners today? No, I just want to say thank you for the time. I'm honored to be here and it was a blast. Yeah, well, thank you so much for not only being here, showing up for our youth in the region um, with your keynote and with three breakout sessions and also for sitting down with us here on Edsel so that we could amplify that message across um, our listening audience as well. So thank you so much. You're welcome. That's all we have for this episode of Edsel, a podcast for educators by educators. If you are loving the show, make sure you share it with a friend. Your personal recommendations are powerful. And if you really love this show, we would love it if you could rate and review us within your preferred podcast app. Your ratings and reviews will help other people discover the show and benefit from these great strategies as well. Check out our show notes for a recap of this episode and a list of resources mentioned or referenced. If you're a social media type, connect with us on Facebook. Search Education Solutions Educators Group and request to join. If you're an e-newsletter type, you should subscribe to our education e-newsletter by emailing us at education at sourcewell-mn.gov. The e-newsletter goes out monthly and includes updates and events for our local educators. Special thanks to our Sourcewell Education Solutions office support team and multimedia for your production support. This podcast is brought to you by Sourcewell. Sourcewell is one of nine service cooperatives in Minnesota. We are a self-sustaining government organization that partners with schools, local government, and nonprofits to boost student and community success. Learn more at mn.sourcewell.org.